0: Welcome to a special edition of the Phases of the Moon Knight podcast. My name's Dan. I've been a comic fan for a
1: long time. My name is Dwayne, and I've been with the Marvel Cinematic Universe since Iron Man.
0: For nearly three months now, we've been reading through the comic book history of Moon Knight in preparation for the new Disney Plus TV series. Episode three of that series is titled The Friendly Types, and it debuted just a couple days ago. So here we are, full of comics knowledge, and ready to talk about the show,
1: but before we get started, keep in mind that this is a spoiler-filled discussion. So if you haven't watched Moon Knight episode three yet and you don't want things spoiled for you, pause here and come back to us once you've seen it.
0: All right, we do our
1: we do our countdown.
0: I think uh, everybody hopefully is back. Everybody's watched episode three, so. We're going to start out like we did last week with a quick overview. So first off, we've got the Disney blurb, uh, the ever-helpful Disney blurb. <laughs> yeah, it says that, with Mark in the foreground and Harrow ahead, Mark and Layla navigate Cairo for Intel. So, let's go ahead and do our one-minute recap again. Get at least a little bit more to remind folks what's going on. Right. So, in this one, Layla starts the episode out talking about her past while getting a fast fake passport made. Harrow finds Ahmet's tomb, Spectre fights his way across Cairo, looking for information, and neither Stephen nor Mark admits to killing two followers of Ahmet while searching for that information. That said, Khonshu is definitely to blame for the third fatality. An audience with the other Egyptian gods goes poorly, but Mark does find out some information as he's told to look for the sarcophagus of Senfu, which will lead him to Harrow and Ahmet. Layla arrives in Cairo, Finds Mark, knows where to find the relic, and takes Mark to a party thrown by Anton Mogart. Mogart is a collector and conveniently has the sarcophagus in display in his yard. A massive fight ensues, and the sarcophagus is destroyed by Harold, who shows up for reasons that are largely unexplained. Stephen gets to put his knowledge to use reconstructing the information from leftover pieces of cloth. Conchu rolls back the sky, even though the other gods had warned him to stay low. They get the information they need, and the other gods encase conshu in stone as the episode ends as punishment for his actions.
1: There we go. There you that go. That covering? was that that was everything. That nicely done on the recap. So we've got we've got a lot of different things that we can talk about today. We've picked out a handful of topics that we're going to be covering like we have for the first two episodes. In no particular order, we'll be talking about Cairo, Layla, the gods. Uh, Anton Mogart, Khonshu, another alter, question mark, and comic book references. So where are we starting, Dan? Let's start out with the, uh, with the setting. Start out with Cairo.
0: I really loved the way this show has been shot pretty much from the beginning. Uh, but the way that they use the city of Cairo, the way the city kind of becomes a part of the story in this is really, really interesting. Uh, it feels like in some, in some cases that it's a callback to sort of like the Indiana Jones movies and the like. But the difference here is that this is a far more sort of modern, vibrant, uh, really believable version of Cairo. They use a lot of outdoor settings and the actual Cairo skyline, things like that. Uh, I really just enjoyed this. Yeah, it you? looked
1: it looked absolutely amazing. I mean, Cairo was on full display throughout this episode, whether you know it's uh, just kind of the street where Mark is run, run, running down those thugs of Harrow, or it's you know the cityscape when the when they're when we're seeing the uh, the eclipse occur. It. This doesn't look like the Egypt we've ever seen before in like movies and things. And the reason for that is the director Mohab Mohamed Diab has done a fantastic job. And, and from the get go, he said this was important to him. He's from there and, and he has not liked the way this, this city, this part of the, the world has been portrayed in movies and television. And it, it just shows. It, it looks. It 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 looks real. It looks authentic. It looks. I imagine how you would expect it to look if you went there and and actually visited that part of the world. It, it looks great. Between that and the music choices that have been used throughout all this, it just Cairo feels almost like another character in this story, and feels like an important character to this story. Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: All right. So that was kind of my first thing that that hit me. What what's something that you've got that you wanted to talk about?
1: I want to talk about Layla, who is just Marlene by another name. It, it, we we got to see a lot Truth. more of Mae Callumway character this week, and I mean she's doing a fantastic job. But you cannot tell me that that this character isn't marlene from the comics i mean the fact that that layla is an archaeologist that her father's an archaeologist the fact that her father was murdered the fact that she has this really rough relationship with mark specter and uh that could get even worse if if the things that harrow is hinting about mark and possibly playing a role in in layla's father's death um that could get worse you know we saw Layla fighting over the last two episodes as well and uh yeah the the crescent blades that she was able to pull out of her outfit there around the neck and use those to Mm -hmm. yeah to 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 uh basically impale uh the right hand guy for Anton Mogart was was something it just I I I love the character and and even later on I'm I'm sorry but like the fact that she, she can basically do whatever she needs to do to kind of keep the story moving, like triangulating the stars for coordinates at the end of the episode, just feels like Marlene to me. There you go. We talked about this back in the day, that uh,
0: supporting characters in comic books can do just about anything when they need to. Yeah. Uh, I I would agree, though. I mean, there's really no question at this point that they have just decided to... To bring the character in with a different name. And, you know, the, the good thing about that is it means that we are, in a lot of ways, getting the story that we're used to, right? right. Uh, it's almost certain that we're going to find out sometime in the next few episodes that, yeah, that, you know, Mark almost certainly was somehow or another responsible or partly responsible for the death of her father. And, mm-hmm. of course, in the comics, she pretty much knows that but understands the circumstances of it and sort of forgives him. Uh, here this is going to be a little bit more interesting. We'll find out how that goes. But you no, know, I would I would say there's really no, there's really no doubt. And, and I think you even found an article talking about um, how the character was not Egyptian initially um, when the script came in and they sort of made that change because it worked better with some of the story elements that were going to do down the road so right. yeah it seems like this is just a direct translation of marlene into a slightly different character so that they can do some different things with her
1: yeah i mean she feels less a divergence of character from marlene than we've seen from say stephen grant even at, absolutely to, to this point so i, I so, think if you were disappointed that marlene wasn't in there i think you can be happy to realize that. Yes, by now you've probably realized that that Layla is in fact the Marlene that we've known from the comics oh. all along.
0: Yeah, almost certainly the closest translation character-wise of anybody,
1: right? Who's, who
0: we've seen so far.
1: Yeah. Where are we going to next, Dan?
0: So I want to talk a little bit about the other gods. There's a we didn't see all of them. We didn't get like nine of them, like we were promised on the poster. But we got, <laughs> I think, five, something like yes. that. Um, yes. And they don't have a particularly good relationship with Kanchu, it doesn't seem. But it's interesting because it appears that all the rest of the gods essentially decided to withdraw from human affairs and just hang out in the, overvo- the, uh, um, the overvoid, just essentially saying we're no longer going to take part in human affairs. While Kanchu decided to stay... And it's kind of been a controversial decision, evidently, where they, they want him to keep a low profile. They kind of make a little fun of the fact that he's got his avatar with the uh, with the rainments and all the weapons wandering around and kind of bringing attention to them still. Uh, yeah. But there's a number of the different ones we had. Yatzel, the avatar of Hathor, that was the woman who gave Mark the information at the end and essentially noted that, uh, that Hathor was a god that was a friend of um of yeah. in previous times uh, evidently that, that's Ganchu apparently
1: this, that that's apparently actually part of egyptian correct. mythology that those two were kind of um yep. you know together yep
0: and then um we've got selim who is the one um who is the avatar of osiris he was actually played by an egyptian actor uh Khaled Abdallah, and then we've got three other uh, Horus, Mm -hmm. Tefnut, and Isis are the ones that were identified as the other gods that had avatars, but I don't think we really got names for who those avatars were or anything along those lines. Yeah, no. Um, But what's interesting about this is that you do sort of get that War of the Gods kind of feel, where there's a lot of players that are coming into this now, and it's going to end up being a matter of you know, how does this? Does Kanchu get them on his side? Do they eventually end up siding with Ahmet? or do they just decide that both of them are trouble and the rest of the gods try and take them out? So we're gonna we're gonna see how this all shakes out over the next few weeks. Um, one thing I would like to note, I think I mentioned this in our first um, update, is I absolutely knew we would end up in the Great Pyramid, right? You yeah. just you just don't say, hey. You know, it's all empty, and uh, and then we don't find out. So there's a there's a line actually the Claremont uh, run, which is a uh, a Twitter examination of the X-Men, uh, talked about the fact that um, there's a there's a essentially a writing concept called Chekhov's gun, that says that if you say in the first chapter of a book that there's a rifle hanging on a wall, in the second or the third chapter, or sometimes during that book. That gun has to be fired. Because if not, why are you bothering to tell people about it, right? That everything that exists in a movie that you take the bo- tr- trouble to tell people about, there should be a reason for it. And so, indeed, there was a reason why that girl stuck the
1: little piece of, of gum wrapper into the pen. <laughs> and, and, and we learned that, that that Stephen knew, you know, about the, the mm-hmm. Pyramid of Giza. Which, by the way, loved his walking in. He's just excited like yep. nobody's business that he's inside the pyramid of giza and is just it, it, it was definitely adorable um i i think that the interesting thing is like see seeing that how that all played out was it, it actually it reminded me a little bit of the 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 star wars all the uh like the, the council scenes that were mm-hmm. that I think are some of the worst parts of the Star Wars movies ever. But the because this didn't go on for like ever and ever, the, this yes. this was fine. It, it worked out okay. The the other thing was Oscar Isaac channeling Conshu during that was just absolutely just great because he's like it's like ha- he's having a god speak through him and it's like taking his entire body to kind of deal with the fact that he's got this god inside him talking i which i thought was absolutely just amazing so once again we get we get some more really great oscar isaac during during those scenes as well
0: yep absolutely so but so so that was that was
1: one i i really enjoyed seeing the other gods and that what what else you got for us so i think i think we have to talk about anton mogart uh, we we knew sure. this was a character we were going to see in this series. Uh, Gaspard Uliel was cast on that. We we saw all of those things. And then the, the, the tragic incident with him, him passing before the show even aired. I, I was very curious to see when we would see him. And I wasn't quite sure how they were going to work him into this show, but I think the way they did it made absolute perfect sense. Uh, We we find out in in that scene, I think that 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 scene overall was really interesting, just from a, just kind of a interpersonal dialogue sort of thing, and then just this really great action scene, right? We we find out that Layla and Mogart have this history that we don't really know about that has something to do with Madripoor, which is... Uh, another thing from the mcu and and a bunch of other spots you know he's very rich he's got all this all all these things like he did in the comic books all these this collector he's a collector he's got all these really great things and i just i i loved i I loved the character i thought the character spoke very much the character we saw in the books and i i loved the fact they gave him a special guest credit and an in-memorial line at the end uh, at the end in the middle of the credits i just i i really really liked that and then obviously the clock striking midnight as they were leaving leaving his place was just chef's yep. kiss yep.
0: And to, to remind everybody mogart was the original midnight man who was essentially yes. the father of the of midnight who was the other one he fought um moon knight a few times his his mo was he would go in and steal artworks and then he'd always set all the clocks in whatever room to midnight when he left as kind of his calling card moon knight stopped him eventually ended up like throwing him off a ledge or something like that or i think marlene hit him with a rubber bullet or something but in any case he fell and when he fell he went into some acid and like it messed up part of his face drove him a little insane he came back, teamed up with some people, and then met his end. Yeah. I would he, assume he by helped. being impaled, just, but I can't remember
1: yeah. exactly. How. He no, he he worked with Bushmen, and they got trapped under in the like underground water thing mm-hmm. and it was yeah, it was it was a thing. I just it was one of like the original villains that moon Knight, when he first 10 issues the original yeah with the original volume one of moon Knight, way back in the eight you know early 80s this was one of the initial villains that that we dealt with and and so i i love the fact that they brought that character in and and did such a great job with it another question
0: is will we see him again or or was this his part and he just owned the sarcophagus for now and the idea was more You know, he might, he might come back in a a season two or something. Um, I don't, I don't, I think there's a good chance this is all we see of the character, but I I don't know for sure, obviously. Yeah.
1: Wow. Where, where do you want to go to now? All right. Khonshu.
0: I want to talk about Khonshu.
1: He's become,
0: in a lot of ways, almost one of my favorite characters in this show. Um, Sure. The the voice no longer bothers me. Week one, I wasn't so sure about the voice. Now it's just normal. Um, I like pretty much everything about the fact that you have this character who, it's kind of astonishing because he's incredibly powerful, but he's also absolutely fallible. Like he's wrong all the time about all sorts of things, right? Um, This Uh is not some sort of, you know, um, omniscient deity by any chance um and he's got this combination of extreme abilities and cluelessness that makes him just sort of astonishingly dangerous um plus he he tends to lead with violence whenever he needs a solution to something um meaning that encasing him in stone really is probably not all that terribly bad an idea for the population at large right this is a very dangerous individual but I I'm I'm intrigued by him. I just like, even in the comics, Khonshu's always kind of been that comic relief, entertainment moves the plot forward kind of guy. He does a lot of the same stuff here and does it really well. I I, I enjoy Khonshu as a character within this show.
1: Yeah, I mean, I didn't have some of the same initial hangups that that you had on him, but he he definitely feels like like some of the other characters um that didn't outside of i i feel like stephen grant was really the only one that kind of got any sort of exploration in that first episode and i suppose rightly so give it given the way it was set up but as we've seen Kanshu in the second and now the third episode he he is really kind of we've gotten a bigger we, we have more of an idea of, of who we're dealing with. And we can see that this character is very much like the, the character from the comics. I mean, I think, mm-hmm. I think the, the leading with violence, the showing how powerful he is. He literally is moving the sky, the stars, everything at the end of that episode. Uh, you know, even though he knows this is going to incur the wrath of the other gods, This is this is what needs to be done in order to in order for them to get the information they needed so they could find Amit's tomb. And and so he does it. And like, you know, he's talking about how bad of an idea it was to engage the gods to begin with. And then he's like, well, do you have a better idea? Nope. I just have the bad idea. So we're going to do that. You know, I'm almost sure
0: that I've got an app on my iPad that can do that same thing, by the way. So I'm I'm not, I'm not absolutely sure the technology couldn't have solved their problem here. Uh, But nonetheless, it was, it was really entertaining. I liked it. I loved the visuals on that. I thought it was really, really cool. And yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that Kanshu gets himself out of his, uh, out of his predicament relatively quickly here. And, And we'll see, see how that goes. So what what would you have then? Uh, what's what's the next thing you wanted to talk about?
1: Okay, so I think the biggest and most interesting scene in this movie or this episode exact uh, is actually happens very early on, and it is the possible emergence of another altar for Mark Spector. We had we had him, you know, confronting these thugs of Harrow's that killed off this guy he was supposed to meet to try and get information about Harrow's location. And, you know, he's he's fighting them. Then Steven takes over and suddenly he's in a ha- cab <laughs> trying to try to head back mm-hmm. to the airport and then he's chasing them again. And uh, he f- gets one in the alley. He gets hit just wailed on in the back of the head and then he falls down hits his head again on the ground really hard and the next thing we see is him with this with the giant knife the one guy had pulling it out of one guy another the the main guy is on the ground dead and neither mark nor steven can explain who who did it neither one of them apparently had control of the body when this happened so like my mind started racing i'm like was that kanshu that somehow in inhabited his body we you know just this week we're reading an art we're reading books that that talk about the fact that harrow are um kanshu was trying to basically come into the world through mark specter's body and so did he somehow magically do that here is, is this another altar could 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 we be seeing jake lockley I I don't I don't know what to think exactly but what what did you think with that
0: I do not know what to think I know that there's a lot of discussion of this out online right now a lot of people right. who are asking questions about this there might be some people who actually know cuz there are folks who've seen all four episodes we are not right. among them so we are yeah, still no. kind of guessing there are there are folks though who have been talking online a lot about jake lockley and it would not surprise me it's interesting that you know the the lockley character we've never really seen do much other than drive a cab right right he drives a cab and he drinks coffee that's basically his that's his role you know gathers some information goes back and then moon knight takes it from there or mark specter takes it from there so how they're going to handle this i'm not exactly sure there are, I know, a lot of folks who are a little worried about it turning into a, you know, there's a the evil altar sort of thing, uh, which is evidently a trope that's a little bit overused in a lot of places, uh, kind of unfortunate. But we don't we don't have any idea right now. Uh, it does appear, though, like neither of them remembers doing it, and somebody had to knife that guy. So yeah. hopefully we'll hopefully we'll find out relatively soon here what's going on i would i would put money down that it's jake lockley
1: yeah, in some form it is i i just didn't remember jake lockley being that i guess skilled uh an assassin Not even remotely or or Not so even so like but i guess if he can tap into some of the things that that mark knows or or the powers that that Khonshu basically instowed on bestowed on the body then i guess anything is possible
0: well, and I also, I, I think maybe it's best we just put it this way: um, we are about a week, maybe a week, away from getting some pretty substantial new information on the Jake Lockley character in the comics. I think it's in the run that comes in what are called the legacy books. Um, but you're gonna you're gonna get some, you're gonna get some new information on who Jake Lockley is and how he exists within this system of alters for moon knight so we'll see what happens
1: but i'm i'm gonna be interested to find out well yes so let's quickly look at a couple references to the comics that we saw during this episode i think we've actually hit on almost all of these during during our discussion leading up to this uh Overvoid, which is where where the gods are currently staying mm-hmm. we're, we're we're reading this week actually about about the overvoid and and mark having to go to the overvoid to, yep. to find something uh Layla, marlene's past uh and like the father dying all this sort of thing and her ability to do whatever needs to be done like triangulating the stars uh to yep. get coordinates very much feels comic book The clock at midnight when they leave Mogarts for referencing Midnight Man, and then Madripoor reference to another MCU show, The Falcon and Winter Soldier, and X Men apparently,
0: and X Men, yep. The uh, Madripoor that's where that first came from. There was a number of stories, Wolverine, and some of the others wandered around out in Madripoor pretty regularly.
1: So, all right, did I did I miss any? Did I
0: miss any? I don't know if you did. I, I did as well. I've been, I will admit, and then this probably leads into our final question of, so what did you think? I kind of have just been enjoying these enough that I'll go back and look for things and the like, but I find myself sort of just getting caught up in watching the story rather than so much trying to dissect uh, everything for, for clues and everything. I, I really liked this one. I, I like that it was in Egypt. I like that they're starting to sort of double down on some of the, the mythology and the like, and now we'll just sort of see see where it all goes from here. How about, how about you?
1: So I, we, we talked about this before we started recording, but like I, I watched it the first time and I actually thought I liked the second episode. Because I felt like there was more action, there was. It felt like the story almost stalled a little bit, but then I watched it a second time, and I had the more critical eye on it, and I was thinking about you know what we were going to be talking about here, and I actually had subtitles on so I can make sure I catched uh, everything that was being said, and and there is a, a lot here. A lot more than i gave it credit for initially and it it didn't stall it it kept going and even even the parts that that had the potential to be kind of not so interesting the 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 like the the gods discussion and trial i guess of arthur harrow ended up being kind of interesting in the in their own way as well so it's i i think it was a good a very good episode to to follow up I think a really good episode, and so I think they I think they mm-hmm. kept it going, and I'm very curious to see you know based on the things that we've heard and read, I'm very curious to see what is going to happen next week.
0: You know, no, I, I think for me the uh, the slowest part of the episode probably was them on the boat as they were floating down to Mogart's place, right. but even there, I mean, you know, compared to you know, Padme and Anakin in the at, at the <laughs> dinner table or whatever. It's it's nowhere near that sort of thing. It was it was I think just enough. It drove the it drove the plot forward. We got a little bit of a chance to kind of get a better idea of of how their relationship was before uh, the series started, and and then they got out of the boat and things started moving. So
1: yeah, and and now we have to we we have to think at least in the short term there's no there's there's no conchu there's no healing suit there's no really there's no moon knight or mr knight potentially and and what what is the you know what is the next episode or what how does this story continue from there what does it take to get conchu loose again so that they can get that that those those powers back and be able to uh to 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 beat arthur harrow mm-hmm All right, so what what are we looking at for, for next week, then?
0: Well, first off, uh, this weekend, we will be talking about the Lemire run of, of Moon Knight books from the mid, oh, what, 2015, 20, 2016? Yeah,
1: 2016. Right around 15, that area. Uh,
0: that's going to be the Welcome to New Egypt run, and then we get to move out of that into some other really cool stuff. So we'll do that first. That will post on Tuesday, and then... Next Friday, we'll be back here again for Episode 4. Let's see uh, what's happening to Kanshu and all our, other, all our other friends. So,
1: hey. Well, that brings us to the end of our Episode 3 review. We'd like to thank you all for joining us. Uh, we'd love for you to stick around as we continue our journey through the story of Moon Knight. We recommend you subscribe to the show on your podcast player of choice. That way you'll get each new episode as soon as it's released. If you've already subscribed, please consider leaving us a review. It'll help others find the podcast. You can send us questions or comments via email. The address is questions at phasesthemoonnight.com and you can follow the show on Twitter. We are at phasesofmk. Alright, Dan. Thank you, as always, for the discussion of Moon Knight and uh, we will talk to you again soon. Yeah, it's been fun. Talk to you folks in couple days, I
0: guess. See you then.